When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome into the latest Gators Online podcast. We're now joined by a special guest this week, former Florida quarterback Shane Matthews and new full-time color analyst. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I tell everybody I did all the road games last year besides the Georgia game. I did mm-hmm. the bowl game on all the road games. We ain't won a game yet. <laughs> I know. I but know. I, but I tell everybody, look, we got to play better. It yeah. ain't my fault. <laughs> Well, it's a new staff now too, so yes. you can uh, yes. you can look forward to that. Um, appreciate Shane joining us today. We'll have a lot to talk about as we preview the 2022 season. What the Gators have been working on in fall camp, get Shane's impressions of the team uh, and just his thoughts on the year ahead. Um, first of all, Shane, how was your summer, man? And anything interesting you got into? No, no, just a normal summer. Uh, tried not to be busy, but somehow was busy. You know, yeah. It goes by way too fast. It's hard to believe. You know, when college football ends, it seems like it's so long till it comes. And then, bam, once you get to, like, June, it gets here quickly. An avalanche, too, man. Yes. Um, obviously, an eventful offseason for the Gators. Um, I'm sure you've probably talked about this at, at nauseum now. But um, what was it like to see your football program yet again go through another coaching change and um, have to try and find a guy to rectify the situation? It's been tough. I mean, we all have want to have bragging rights, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'm glad I'm not in those NFL locker rooms for the last, you know, eight or nine years. Because yeah. when I was in those locker rooms, we used to talk so much trash to all the other SEC That's schools. Right. Uh, but it's it's been rough. We all know. I mean, Dan did a good job, you know, early on. Um, but it just kind of unraveled last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just we weren't a very good football team in a lot of different areas. Not very disciplined, you know. Not great talent, however you want to look at it. And uh, was I surprised they made a move a little bit, but not. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that was probably hard for Scott Strickland yeah. with their relationship from Mississippi State. But, look, the dude we got here now is sharp. <laughs> and I, I love him. I love his demeanor. He grew up just like I did. He played for his dad. Yeah. His dad was a high school coach, and his mom was a teacher at the school. So he can relate with people. Mm-hmm. And um, he's been at some great places. Obviously, when you coach at Clemson, with the, what they've done the last yeah. 10, 15 years, and then obviously at Alabama. He's got the blueprint for success. It's just going to take some time. When when you learned about his background and and, and kind of got a feel for him, how, um, I guess, pleasant was that to get to know him, just g- given some of the abrasive personalities that we've seen in that chair the last decade or so? Yeah, I, I was I, – you know, I I didn't know – anything about Billy Napier. I mm-hmm. knew who Billy Napier was just because you've heard his name sure. come up when big time jobs opened up the yeah. last few four or five yeah. years. But like I said, this dude's got a plan. He can tell you what they're going to be doing next week at two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got those binders. He writes everything down. So he's been waiting for the right opportunity. Yeah. And it, it, you know, a lot of coaches can't do that. A lot of coaches don't, no. but uh, he's very confident in his plan. And, um, 
I'm excited for him. I mean, he, he's coming in at a good time. You know, we're moving into that facility that I've been preaching for for 15 years. Mm -hmm. The problem is, as soon as we move in it, it's already outdated. It is, know? I know. Uh, there's already, I, I was telling somebody, I took my son to all the SEC and ACC schools after his sophomore year, which is in like 2016, I guess, uh -huh. maybe 2017. And we went to Georgia and Kirby put him through a private workout and stuff. And they just moved into their new facility. Yeah. Well, they just redid it this year. I again. know. I know, man. It's it doesn't crazy. stop. It's crazy. And even when Florida opens their standalone this Sunday, it's now they're moving on to the stadium. It's yeah. like, you know, you go one project after another. Um, before we start getting to some of the personnel, um, how did, what were your thoughts on Florida's quarterback situation last year and how that played out with Emory and Anthony? Yeah, it was weird. Um, you know, we know that Emory was Dan's, like, first big-time recruit, yeah. flipping him from Ohio State, and he gave him every opportunity to play. And, and at times, Emory played well. At times, he didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think he – well, I should say this. I thought he would fit in real well with Dan does. You know, when you saw what Kyle Trask did, yeah. had historical year that one year, that's something that Dan had never coached before. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I thought after he did that, and having talked to Dan, Dan's like, I love to throw the football. But if you look back at his track record, it's not his history. It's yeah. a dual threat guy. Yeah. And I thought, okay, we're going to start recruiting guys that just are drop back, can run it if we need to, but sure. can flat out throw the football. Well, that didn't happen. I mean, and Emory wasn't a great, he's not a great thrower. I mean, he can run the football. Uh, Anthony came in and made some good plays. You know, whether he wanted to stick with Emory, I don't know the whole truth to it. You know, yeah. we do know that the hamstring caused some issues sure. after the South Florida game. Uh, but it, it was just a mess, not only at the quarterback position, but all over. <laughs> and you mentioned the undisciplined penalties. That, that was the one thing that, that Billy Napier came in and said that he wanted to address with the players. That has been an ongoing issue with Florida football, um, I think even dating back to the Spur era. What is your theory on why that is? Well, I, I mean, Coach Spurrier may have had a lot of penalties on his teams, but it, I, don't, I don't think they were undisciplined. Sure. Um, I, I'd have to go back and do that. But, when, you know, calling from watching the games from the, from the booth, it would drive me insane. You know, if you, you're going to have a couple of false start penalties yeah. in the Southeastern Conference on the road. That's sure. just – it it's just gonna happens. happen. But when you have seven, eight of them, it's 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 uncalled for. But the hitting people out of bounds, the just unsportsmanlike stuff is just nonsense. Yeah. And if you continue doing that, take them out of the game. Yeah. But we didn't do that. And so that that's where I had a problem. And we didn't play with great effort last year either. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that old saying, regardless of what level of sports you coach at. After a game, if you can lay your head on the pillow and say, my team gave great effort and played with a great attitude, yeah, you may not have won the game, but that's all you can ask for as a yeah, coach. sleep good at night. Yeah. Uh, you still might not sleep great losing, <laughs> but at least if you know your kids played hard, yeah, we didn't play hard a lot of times last year. Yeah. And, and, and they got to a point in the season where it seems like there were some folks that checked out, you know, both on the coaching side, maybe, and definitely on the player side. Yeah, and I've had people tell me, you know, the kids, regardless of what game it was, you know, they, they didn't believe in the scheme or they gave up on the coaches. And I tell them, I go, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard because everybody that suits up and plays on Saturdays is trying to get to Sundays. Yeah. And your job interview is on Saturdays on tape. Yep. The film don't lie. Yeah. And 
if you're a general manager of an NFL team and mm-hmm. you're watching tape on player X and he's just going through the motions, <laughs> you're not going to – most times you're not going to draft him or give him an opportunity to play sure. the next level. So I don't buy that theory. Mm-hmm. I just think sometimes guys just – they don't care. And um, some of them aren't here anymore. Yeah. Now, one of the things that we've heard with Billy this entire offseason was the culture change that he's brought in. Um, a lot of think I think – a lot of that, I think, has come over from his time at Clemson. Um, your son got to experience some of the culture from the previous regime and, and kind of how it was toward the end. How how needed was a culture change here? And just from your standpoint, what do you feel like that's done just for the locker room, for the players? It, something needed to change. That, that had a lot. To, I mean, you know, my son played his last game on the team was the Cotton Bowl. Yep. In Oklahoma. And when he got back from that, he's like, I'm done. <laughs> he had, I mean, it was, it was bad. Yeah. So, but Billy, like I said, he's, he's has those different phases. Mm-hmm. You probably are more familiar yeah, with yeah, him. Hell yeah. Uh, but those are things that you have to do to get your program headed in the right direction. And obviously he's taken a little bit from Clemson, a little bit from Alabama. And those are two of the winningest programs in the last 15 years. So uh, they're doing it the right way. And, and it's cool to see the things that he's done. You know, I think at training camp, uh, they're all at the hotel. They stuck them with somebody that they're not don't yeah. hang out with. Yeah, so yeah. you get to know them, and that's that goes a long ways. Yeah, and, and I think also the way that they you know they shuffle the deck in the locker room throughout the year, like three three or four times, and rearrange the locker oh, so that nice. you're sitting next to guys. It's just different things. Um, you know, they they've obviously instituted the Gator Made program too. What's it been like for you to see all these this is the army out there, all the staff members? It's crazy, you know. I was telling, I think it was Vernell Brown, the couple of practices I went out to, I was like, look, man, what do we have? What The, the actual coach, is it 10 or 12? Uh, it was 10 assistants, yeah. Okay, so I was like, can we get the 10 assistants? You know, because I know who Mike Peterson is, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and I know uh, Corey Raymond, and because I played against him, and I know Colbert, uh-huh. the wide receiver yep. coach, because I played, he was in the NFL too. I'm like, all the other dudes, can we get every coach, like coach, <laughs> in a certain color shirt so we know who the coaches are. <laughs> I mean, there's so many damn people out there. It's crazy. I know. And, I mean, it's it really is, I think, part of that plan that he brought from Bama. Yeah. I mean, Saban was the first one to institute that. How much of a difference do you think that makes well, it, for the coaches to take time it, off their That's plate? what it is. You know, it's not, you know, how many can we just hire just to hire and say, hey, we got this many people in our army. Yeah. It's why they do it. And I didn't really understand it until when Billy got hired here. He explained what Nick Saban was doing. So if you're the wide receiver coach, yes, you have to be involved in recruiting. Mm-hmm. But we got these three other dudes underneath a receiver coach that are going to break down all the receivers in America. And they're going to report to you and say, these are the few that you need to look at. Mm-hmm. And so now they can worry about coaching who's on the roster, have a normal life with their family. Yeah. And so that made sense. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's worked real well for that team in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, it has. And obviously we see Florida staying hot right now on the recruiting trail um, as, the, as they get into fall. Um, let's shift gears here. The Gators are now in, in practice, uh, gearing up for the season opener against Utah. What do you think about that matchup? You know, they're <laughs> the defending Pac-12 champs, coached extremely well. I saw, I read somewhere they got like two or three tight ends that are supposed to get drafted in the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback is really good. But I saw this note yesterday because I, I, I wasn't feeling great. Because, but, but, but has, well, I know they have. Utah has never played in a SEC 
atmosphere. Wow. I did not know that. I'm pretty sure. They may have played SEC teams yeah. somewhere in a bowl or something. Yeah, Bama. I don't think they've ever traveled to the southeast in their own ballpark. And definitely hadn't traveled to the Florida Heat. <laughs> okay. But then I heard today that as a favorite, I don't think they won a road game last year. They lost. It was like three or, three or four games they were favored on the road that uh -huh. they lost. So um, the, the closer it gets to the game, I, I'm kind of like in the Gators. I mean, it's I, I, I mean, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. I hope yeah. it's hot as hell. I hope it hope rain comes right during pregame warm up. Yeah, because then you know yeah, it's yeah, real it's hot after it stops right. raining. <laughs> um, but you know we're gonna we're gonna have to play smart football because they're they're very disciplined. Yeah, they don't beat themselves. But uh, I, I, I the closer the game gets, I kind of I'm kind of back leaning towards the Gators. Are you like that the sport has switched to these? matchups week one instead of the two or three cupcakes to open the I year. I do, but with being a new staff. It'd be great if they didn't have you know, that. Yeah, because I, I was telling somebody the other day when in the NFL when you get a, you, you become a new coach. Yeah, Preseason. They give you extra they give you extra OTAs. Oh, okay. Training you know, not training camp, but you get extra time in the spring. Yeah, working with training, the players. Yeah. And why they haven't done that in, in college football because sometimes I'll sit there and think, okay, Billy had spring and they have X amount of practice. I just don't know if they have enough time to get ready, but but they will. Um, but I, as, as the game gets closer, I like our chances. Now, you've been out to some practices so far. Um, first of all, before you even got to lay your eyes on this team, like what are the question marks that you have that you want to see from this group? Well, for the last two or three years doing radio on multiple outlets, my biggest concern and gripe has been the front seven on defense the last few yeah. years. We just have not been stout. Um, our linebackers have been undersized, but you can't play linebacker if you're front four. They don't do their job. Mm -hmm. They can't flow and make plays. So I think for this year, to me, for Florida to have a really good year, the front seven has got to play well on defense. People always worry about the back end. Yeah. You know, people are all, always – there all last few years, the Marco Wilsons are – look, Mark, I told people, Marco Wilson is a very good player. Yeah, he's playing in the NFL right yes. now. <laughs> if you don't pressure the quarterback and do your job, I don't care who you are. You cannot cover. Mm -hmm. People look at the A&M game. Was it last year or two years ago? Yeah. They made perfect throws on the, on the when the guy had perfect coverage. Sometimes yeah. better offense beats best defense. So, anyway, I think the front seven is the key. I think offensively, um, I think the line is – I may be crazy to say it, I think it will be the strength of the football team. Mm -hmm. I think the running backs are all pretty good. Um, crazy to say that about the line, though. Yeah. I don't, I don't. You know, obviously getting the Louisiana transfers yeah. are going to help. Um, and then Anthony, I think he can have a big year. I don't think we're going to throw it a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I've said he needs to carry the football 12 to 15 times, which sounds crazy. Yeah. But that's what he does best. Yeah. If he would just protect himself, mm -hmm. you know, we don't go out of you, bounds. We don't need you to try to run over those train killers on the other side of the ball, <laughs> run out of bounds, slide. Yeah. Now, sure. if the game is on the line, try to run them over. But, yeah. um, you know, he's a really good throw of the football. Anticipation, accuracy sometimes aren't there, but that's not his strengths. His strengths are using his athleticism yeah. to make plays outside with his legs. When's the first time you saw Anthony? Uh, when he was at Eastside when we coached against him. He was about that size in high school. Was that – so you saw him from ninth grade then? Yes. Yeah, I coached against him for three years. Yeah. So, so you saw him when he was actually at wide receiver line about wide, wide at receiver first. receiver and then played quarterback. Uh, um. Never played great 
against the teams that I coached, um, yeah. we were better football teams. Sure. Um, but he, he was so talented. He, he God blessed him with stuff. I mean, it's just crazy. You know, <laughs> the key is staying healthy. And, and that's what's crazy. I was talking to somebody the other day. Anthony's 240-something pounds, okay? Mm -hmm. Coach Spurrier, in his 12 years here, never yeah, had a quarterback never. miss a game for injury. Think about that. That's crazy. I played at 170. And none of them were, yeah, 240. 170 <laughs> pounds and took a beating and never missed a game. Danny wasn't huge. Rex wasn't big. No. Doug, Jesse, nobody was real big. And we didn't run the – I mean, we'd run every now and then. But what's worse than running and getting hit is getting blindsided, driven into the ground. That's when shoulder injuries yeah, yeah, yeah. and things of that nature. So if he can just be smart playing football, mm -hmm. I think I think the offense can do enough things. But my biggest concern goes back to the front seven. Yeah. How much do you think Ventrell now being back is going to can be the difference maker there? Oh, it's definitely going to help. I mean, that guy's a good football player. Yeah. But like I said, he can't perform at a high level if the front guys don't do their job and yeah. keep blockers off of him. Yeah, and they honestly too. I think that was the that was the one position that Grantham coach was the outside linebackers in the edge. And I think, I mean, just based on what we've seen and kind of what we heard, I think that Mike Pier uh, Peterson coming in there and just being a different coaching style, younger guy. Um, I think they're taken to his coaching style a lot. Um, yeah, you know. Mike, Mike knows what he's doing. I mean, obviously he played in the league fourteen years, uh, been coaching college ball for a long time, and. Uh, Guy who played here and cares. Yeah. So I think that goes a long way. What have What have you liked so far about what you've seen just overall from the team in practice? What do you like about the way Billy runs practice um, and just like that competitive atmosphere they create? Well, it's very structured. Um, they compete, uh, but like you, you can just see, it's more of a team. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to describe, but it just more of a family atmosphere. Um, but it's uh, there's a lot of people out there. It's hard to. <laughs> you know, hard to see at times, but it's it's I, he's just done such a good job, and and I would love to ask him when the season's over. And I don't know if the guy ever takes any time off, but like, coach, was this harder than you really and thought coming in? I mean, he knew that the talent needed upgraded. Yeah, what it an SEC caliber for Florida, sure. But you know, could you get him? You know, drinking a couple beers, hey, coach. <laughs> Are we as bad as you thought coming in, you know, ask, you know, I don't know if he would ever tell you that, but um, he, he'd tell he, you, well, he might, but he's, he's done a tremendous job, not just him, but I think the entire staff, the Gator made people, Vernell, his people. I mean, it's just, it's just a different feel. How much did, how many, how much interactions have you had with him in terms of like him just picking your brain or just getting your uh, take on the program and your sense of the team? I've talked to uh, Billy just a couple of times. I try to stay out of the way. You sure. Know, I, I just know how busy they are. I got things going on. I don't <laughs> want to be that guy hanging around uh, the program. I go over there whenever I can. Um, but, you know, he, he he knows how passionate this fan base is. He knows the success that Florida has had yeah. and can have again, or he wouldn't have taken this job. Mm -hmm. And it, you think about all the other ones that he turned down before he got here. Right. You know, um, what is your outlook on the SEC as a whole this year? And just, you know, if anybody can, I mean, obviously it's an Alabama-Georgia race, but some of the battles behind them, both in the East and West, should be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think Alabama and Georgia are going to be playing in, in Atlanta again. You know, people, my close friends, I have, I have a buddy who's a, 
he's kind of does what I do, played in the league for 13 years. He's got twin boys that play at Alabama. Wow. And the word there is that this is the best team that Saban's ever had. So that's what's scary. Um, I think the West will be fun to see who comes in second. Yeah. Um, I think Mississippi, Mississippi State can surprise some people this year. I would love that. With Will Rogers, you know, in the third year of a starting quarterback under Leach, that's when they've kind of taken off. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting over there. In, in, the, in the East, you know, I, I didn't think I'd ever see the day that the media boys picked Florida to finish fourth in the East. Oh, my gosh. That's hard to swallow. I was surprised by that. It's, it's hard to swallow. But, um, you know, people bring up the year that Cam Newton had at Auburn mm-hmm. when they weren't supposed to do anything. Sure. And Anthony's that kind of player. He know? is. And so you, you never know. Now, A&M, I think they have more pressure than any – program in america oh my gosh yeah because if they go eight and four again i mean that 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 recruiting class what are we doing yeah so well we got to go there again and then we got to play georgia obviously utah is going to be tough Uh, i I don't know about kentucky i mean tennessee's fun to watch Mm -hmm. i don't know how good they are on defense you can slow them down a little bit you can beat them yeah um so you know i i've been kind of taking that kirk herb street deal you know when he calls games on on game day, he doesn't pick anything. Sure. So since I'm in the booth now, yeah, you I'm got not picking anything. <laughs> but uh, I I really think if we can win seven or eight minimum. I uh-huh. think it'll be a good year. Now you mentioned uh, up in the booth, a lot happening, a lot of moving parts there. Um, first of all, what was your experience like there for the first time last year? I know it wasn't a, a good one on the road, but like you've done radio and shows for so long, how different was it being up in the booth? Well, I didn't, pre- you know, people ask me, did you prepare? What did you do? You and Mick? No, I got on the plane to go to Kentucky, walked up into the booth the next day, and we called a football game. <laughs> I, I, he just basically told me, look, wait till I'm done calling the play, and then you jump in afterwards. And and that's what I did. And, and I enjoyed it. I mean, it, you know, big shoes to fill. He, yeah. he had great chemistry. Uh, I'm excited to do it. Uh, I'm going to be trying to be as honest as I can when I see things like, I'll never forget that South Carolina game last year. I was begging them to bench every starter on the defense because <laughs> they did one series and we forced a punt. Yeah. We put the starters back in and they ran it right down our yeah. throat. So I, you know, I think you lose credibility if you don't call it as it is. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want people to realize I want us to win every game we possibly can win. How surreal was it for you to be in the booth uh, with the guy that called your games? Yeah, that, 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 that was, <laughs> That was kind of cool, actually, you know, because Mick and I, like I remember telling him in Kentucky, because that was the the first year we won the SEC in 1990. Yep, yeah. But then we weren't actually claimed champs. Sure. But I was telling him, I was like, you know, we threw the I threw a touchdown in this corner to Ernie Mills and did this. And so it was kind of cool. And, you know, Mick and I would talk about old games, you know, in Tiger Stadium, things of that nature. So it's going to be cool working with Sean Kelly, who's a, a national guy. Yeah, got a great voice, done a lot of big games, uh, so we'll we'll help him learn about Gator football a little bit. Were you surprised by Mick's announcement? Or I was, but you know, Mick's had that house down in Sarasota, and yeah. you know, I didn't realize Mick was sixty six. I think it was. Yeah, he, he he didn't call games like it at right. all. And I mean, you know, sometimes it's I can see from Mick's standpoint too how things have changed so much in his business. You know, they used to have really good relationships with the coaches. Yeah. Uh, not that he couldn't go to practices, but it's just different now. Yeah. And 
he probably had enough of it. Yeah, well, I mean, one too many coaching changes. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing, yeah. You know. So it's interesting. Sean's coming in with a new basketball coach and a new football yeah. coach. Yeah. It's good timing. Um, and speaking of new, you mentioned it, uh, the brand new facility that's opening up on Sunday. You said you've been calling for it for 15 years. Talk a little bit more about that. Well, you think about it, because um, I went, I, I used to go to all these different camps with my son, the one-day camps, yeah. just because I love seeing campuses, facilities. And, you know, it used to drive me crazy when, when we built the indoor. I'm like, we still have to get in a bus to get to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, know, or walk. Walk in the, but if it's pouring down rain and lightning, yeah. you can't walk it, walk no. across the O'Connell Center. Yeah. So I was like, why did we build it there? Well, it's all come together now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Muschamp wanted to take over where lacrosse is out there. Uh -huh. They already had those three fields, plenty of land to expand, uh, but that didn't work out. So uh, finally, we, Strickland got this thing built and I went through it the other day. And it is just phenomenal. It's, you're almost jealous that you. Yeah, can go I, I can't imagine what your feelings yeah, are like. I wouldn't be using that weight room still, but everything else I'll be using. Um, but it's it's awesome, and and, and it's going to be for the other athletes get to eat in there yeah, as well. Yeah. But like Coach Napier said, you know they can they they can use their time a little wiser now yeah. because everything is right there. Yeah, I mean before, if anywhere you wanted to walk, whether it was. To the training room, whether it's the locker room, you're going all over. Obviously, you're walking across the street to go to practice. You're walking across the street this way to go to the dining hall. But then the other thing that's cool about it is if, you know, think about back in the day when you guys want to go run a basketball game or you want to go hang out at the pool, mm -hmm. you got to go to somebody's apartment complex or find a place to go. It's literally the only time that they leave is now to be to go to class and to go home. Yeah, it's 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 perfect because you know when we were at, when I was up in Clemson. Dabo, I was in his office, like, yeah, this place, you know, they had like a, I can't remember if you got in with, by your eyes or your thumb, I can't remember, but it was open 24 hours. And so they had like in their kitchen area, you know, stuff in the refrigerators, wow. you could eat whenever they want, you could go do your laundry whenever you wanted, mm. like a theater in there. It, it was unbelievable. And I just thought that, I, could you imagine, I mean, as a college student, be able to have all that stuff. Now we had Yon Hall, which was, it was a dump, mm -hmm. but Everything was right there. You walk yeah. down two flights, you eat. You walk down three flights, you're in the locker room. Uh, it was convenient. Yeah. <laughs> convenient. That was about it. How much do you think this, obviously it's going to help recruiting, but I feel like it's going to have as much of an impact on the field as it does off the field, just in terms of the training, in terms of the resources. And, I mean, if anything, the, the uh, legs that you're saving your guys yeah. from the steps. Yeah, it's, it's going to help every way possible. Uh, you know, I've had people joke around, you've been wanting this, but is, is it going to get us any five stars? It might, it may not, but at least you have the, those guys are going to come look at you because everybody's yeah. been looking at pictures on a wall of what it's going to look like, you know, <laughs> rend, what are those renditions, draw, renditions. Yeah. And now they're going to be able to actually walk in it. And, you know, we just haven't been in a fair fight when it comes to recruiting with the big boys. Yeah. What's the most impressive thing to you when you walked in? Well, it was still under a lot of construction, which when they told me they were moving in Sunday, I'm like, these dudes are going to be working 24 hours a day. I know, yeah. They're still going to be sawing and screwing stuff in while they're moving in. Yeah. Uh, the locker room is ridiculous. You know, it's got these chairs that fold into like a bed. and Each locker. Each locker. Uh-huh. Um, I think the dining hall is – I think 
the nutrition part of it is so big now because mm-hmm. when they take their break, they, t- they have this like five minute break at practice now. And they got the trainers bringing them like little bowls of fruit and this and that, you know, but it's crazy. We should just have to drink out like, water <laughs> um, but you know, they got all that stuff there. They got the place where it makes the shakes for you. If you need, yeah. if you need to lose weight, you need to gain weight. Yeah. Um, beautiful meeting room. Obviously the coaches offices are state of the art, which, they ain't right now. Yeah. Um, you know, they got a barbershop in there. Studio. Studio. I mean, they, they got it all. Um, now, it's not what some other places have. You know, everybody's got a little bit different things, but it's it's going to be perfect. And it's something that we've needed for a long time. And then final thing, uh, as a new building opens here this week, uh, another building celebrates its one-year anniversary as we are here live at Spurger's Gridiron Grill for the one-year anniversary tonight. Um, any surprise from you that Spurrier uh, is successful with another venture? No. And, you know, <laughs> Freddie and that whole crew, they've done a tremendous job. It's just funny how – Coach is really involved, and I don't think – I never thought he would be. Yeah. Because, you know, he comes up here a couple of nights a week, and I don't know if he gives away gift cards or something. He has, like, these trivia yeah. questions. Well, then he does the whistle, too. <laughs> yeah. So, at least once a week, I get a voicemail the next day from Coach. Yeah. Trivia question tonight. They said uh, – I asked him, who, who is the only quarterback to never lose a game in the swamp? And they guess everybody – and then somebody finally throws your name out there. You're the only quarterback, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and he calls to tell you to, yeah, of course. Like who's the first like who's the first uh Florida team in Gator history to win all their SEC games? Wow. You know who that is? I don't. That would, actually no, that would be the 95 team. The 91 team. 91 team. That's 91 right. 91 team went undefeated. That's right. He wouldn't call and leave me that message if I wasn't a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> but he 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 loves it, and uh, they've done a great job here. This place stays packed. I think it's 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 really cool. I mean, it's it's probably not as cool for us because we've seen it so many sure, times. Sure, sure. But for a person that just comes into town or just for a game or whatever, I mean, it really is like a museum. Yeah. And for you and I, our, our ability to do our podcast, thanks to this right. <laughs> this room. Right. And uh, let the Florida fans know if they don't already where they can uh, listen to you every every day, five days a week. Yeah. Uh, it's Pot Up with Matthews in the morning. And we're on live on Facebook Live uh, from 8 to 9, Monday through Friday. If you can't catch that, we're on every platform there is for, for a podcast. So uh keeps me busy. Yeah. Between that and now full-time color analyst, man. Yep. Yep. So hopefully we can win some ball games. Yeah, that that first uh, road win's gonna feel pretty sweet for you. <laughs> I just want to win. We're <laughs> over when we call him being the color guy. Well, Knoxville, the Vols—they got to go down. Yeah. Sure. So um, we're gonna jump to this uh, break. We'll come back on the other side and wrap up the Gators Online podcast. Uh, hi there, this is Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach, and I'm here with my wife, Jerry, and our good friend, Sherry Houston, who's the executive director of the Ronald McDonald House Charities of North Central Florida. And we're thrilled to announce that the one-year anniversary of our restaurant, Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, is coming up August 11th. We'll be celebrating with a special dinner and celebration that will include the chef's choice spread of the year of all of your Spurrier favorites including the filet mignon carving station. And our famous chocolate chip cookies. With proceeds being donated to the local Ronald McDonald House Charities. We're thrilled to partner with Coach Jerry and the Spurrier Gridiron Grill team 
to raise funds for the Ronald McDonald House, benefiting children and families experiencing medical emergencies. Spurrier's Gridiron Grill will be donating 11% of all of our food money and 66% of our drink money to the Ronald McDonald House. Go to Spurrier's.com right now and reserve your ticket before they sell out. We'll have wonderful food, special guests, and limited edition one-year anniversary gold collector's coin, as well as prizes like a dinner with Jerry and me. We couldn't have become one of the busiest and most successful restaurants in the South without you, our customers. So we want to celebrate with the most important members of our team, and that is you. I want to celebrate with some of those cookies. Do you have any of those? I do, right here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back into the Gators Online Podcast. Appreciate Shane for joining me in the last segment to preview the 2022 season. Give us his thoughts on Billy Napier and this Florida football team, which will be holding its first scrimmage of fall training camp on Saturday as the Gators uh, look to see what they have after about a week and a half of practice uh, in preparation for this upcoming season. Uh, a lot that we've got to see so far through, through the first six practices will be out on Thursday night uh, before the Gators are going to be in the swamp on Saturday for their scrimmage. A lot of things I think that we'll want to see coming out from that scrimmage. Obviously, we heard some of the questions and concerns that Shane has with this team. I think personally for me, definitely am interested to hear how the running backs do, maybe what the rotation looks like and just which guys end up being the most productive. I think on the defensive side, surely seeing what the uh, defensive line depth looks like what some of the production could be from guys like Javon Dexter, who is going to be playing more in this year, and also some of the depth at defensive tackle and how that's coming along with guys like Chris Thomas being added into the mix. Now, there have been some guys that have been down in terms of non-contact jerseys uh, in the most recent practice that the media was able to check out. We saw uh, Desmond Watson and Tyreek Sapp, two defensive linemen that were in the injury pit. So uh, their status and availability will be something to monitor uh, heading into the scrimmage. Uh, I would not anticipate Ricky Pearsall to participate in uh, the scrimmage. Certainly he's listed as day-to-day, but uh, for the folks that have been following along at Gators Online, he suffered a foot injury in practice this week, uh, just a couple Uh, bone bruises, but uh, that will take some time to heal. Uh, I think obviously for this staff and for Ricky, they'll want to make sure that they rest him up so that he can be ready for the season. So uh, he's not going to be someone that will be able to partake in the scrimmage, but some of the other receivers and and seeing who steps up, obviously what touchdowns are scored, uh, if any guys can uh, come up with some interceptions on defense, and then certainly how the performance of the quarterbacks is going to pan out. We know 
what Anthony Richardson is bringing to the table as quarterback one, but now just having this scrimmage, uh, you know, removed from the spring and what he was able to show in the orange and blue game to get another setting like that in the swamp, in this offense um, with only a few weeks away until the t- uh, 2022 season. I think that this is a really important moment uh, for Anthony and for this offense, um, you know, kind of, kind of getting ready for Utah and what's going to be that matchup. Uh, and obviously, as we mentioned with Shane in the uh, in the, in the first segment, uh, a really exciting weekend for the Gators and for Florida football specifically. One on the recruiting front, which we'll get into, but also with the facility uh, and the Gators moving into their brand new standalone on Sunday. I had an opportunity to speak with both Scott Strickland and Chip Howard about the new facility opening its doors to the team and all the work that's uh, kind of went into this project over the past year uh, and certainly some of the changes um, that Billy Napier and his staff have added and kind of their own touch that they've put on this building. So definitely encourage you all to go and check out that story this weekend as we preview the facility and some of the things that Scott and Chip had to say. And also we will be having all of our eyes on recruiting and, um, It has been a a really good stretch for the Gators, kind of dating all the way back into late June. And now it has continued in the month of August. The most recent commitment for Florida is four-star linebacker Jaden Robinson out of nearby Lake City uh, at Columbia High School. Plays for former Gator Demetrius Jackson and um, a guy that was on on the radar for the Gators right before he decided to make his decision, I think back in the summer, um, made a commitment to South Carolina. I want to say it was the day before, or excuse me, the day after or a couple days after he had landed a Florida offer. So didn't really have much time to process that um, before his scheduled decision. He decides to fall through with it and, and pledge to USC. But since that time, Coach Bateman, the inside linebackers coach, Jamar Chaney, um, who works with Bateman and obviously a lot of members on the staff and in the recruiting office have been putting in the work with Robinson uh, to get him to stay home and not leave the state. And he becomes Florida's first linebacker commit for the 2023 class. And another guy from the state of Florida that is staying home. And I think that that has been a theme that we've seen from Billy Napier and the staff in this cycle is their ability to not only keep guys home, but some blue chip prospects and the amount of four stars that they have has been uh, pretty impressive. They're now up to 17 commitments in the 2023 cycle. They are ranked 12th nationally in the on three team rankings, but not bun- not done by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I mentioned that it's going to be an exciting weekend on the recruiting front. And that's because Florida is going to have two defensive line targets that are announcing their decisions. Uh, Top 100 defensive lineman Kelby Collins out of Alabama and top 100 um, defensive lineman uh, Cameron James out of of the Orlando area, who in the on-three rankings is a top 25 overall prospect. So, I mean, he is just on the cusp of being a five-star according to on-three. And Kelby Collins, obviously a very coveted top 100 prospect out of the state of Alabama who is pretty much considered down to the Crimson Tide and the Gators. And uh, for folks that have followed recruiting, especially during Nick Saban's reign, you know how difficult it is to go into that state and land a player that Saban and his staff want. And 
that is the battle that Florida finds themselves in right now with uh, Kelby Collins. And um, if they can find a way to pull off uh, that commitment, that would be a, a huge win for Sean Spencer, the co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach, uh, and all the the staff members that have put in, been putting in work with Collins. You know, if you've been following along with Chad Simmons at On3 and with Corey Bender at Gators Online, Florida has certainly been trending in the right direction with Collins. Um, and we'll find out on Saturday if they're going to be able to actually pull this off. Uh, and then with James, you know, the Gators, I think, unlike Collins, you know, they've kind of been trending with him all along. I mean, you know, they are the in-state team. He's got a, a lot of, of love for the Gators and a great relationship with Sean Spencer. And and they've kind of been viewed as a team to beat throughout this process, whereas Collins um, had a lot of suitors and obviously Alabama in the mix, which I think for, you know, prognosticators trying to project where these kids are going to go, that's, you know, it, it's hard to not look at Alabama as the favorite. So Florida has kind of, picked up steam recently uh, coming off his his most recent visit. And, and whereas James, they've kind of been viewed as the favorite and have had to, um, you know, fend off some other programs like Georgia, I think, has been the biggest threat to the Gators. Um, and now he's coming up on the point where he's ready to make a decision. So do the Gators get one? Do the Gators get both? Uh, make it three for the week? Um, I think – Gator Nation certainly will be tuned into those to those decisions, and um, if Florida can find a way to to land both Collins and James, that is going to put them at 19 pledges for this class. I would imagine would definitely have them in the top 10, um, but but really just in, in a really good spot in terms of their needs and the positions that they've hit. They have their quarterback for the class. They have their running back for the class. They have the best receiver class in the country. They're not planning to sign a tight end in the 2023 cycle, so that's not uh, you know, a position still to come. They've already added uh, some pieces on the offensive line, including you know, one of the best centers in the country, and now they have an opportunity to get two top 100 defensive line prospects uh, you know, to go along with some of the edge players that they got in TJ Searcy and Isaiah Nixon, who was another flip that they had. And, and now we mentioned that they just got their first linebacker commit in Jaden Robinson to go along with the pieces that they have in the secondary, you know, the Sharif Densons, the Jordan Castells, and some of those guys. So, you know, you look at this class and how it's coming together, um, you know, again, whether they get one or both of the defensive linemen, uh, I definitely expect that they will, they will have uh, you know, at least one guy added at that position. And now you're, you're pretty much checking off the box at every spot. Uh, you have the core of your class in place before you've even coached a game. And, and now you kind of get to go into the fall, let the games play out, let some more, you know, official visits happen. Uh, you know, maybe have some guys see Florida for what it is under this new staff and maybe have some second guesses about, other schools that they're considering or other schools that they're committed to. Um, but I think this staff has put themselves in a really good position where they have kind of the foundation laid um, and, and their most important pieces already in place. And now they get to go into the fall and try to add the finishing touches, get some potentially five, some five-star talent or some top more top 50 talent that's going to push this class, um, you know, to the next level, and maybe they're going to get 
into the you know six to eight range. Uh, maybe they can potentially even push into the top five. Uh, you know, I said when they landed some of their pledges in, in July, um, you know, and, and got some surprises that I, I didn't think that they were going to be done doing that. And I think that Collins would certainly fall into that category as a guy that um, maybe by this weekend is not viewed as surprise. But if you would have told fans, of, you know, a month ago or a couple months ago that the Gators were going to be able to beat out Alabama for Collins, that, that would be a huge deal. Um, so I think that from the recruiting standpoint, obviously things are trending in the right direction. And, and now it's time for the games to be played uh, with fall training camp in full effect and the season right around the corner. I would advise certainly all Florida fans, if you have not already, to take advantage of the flash sale that we have going on right now at Gators Online. We've gotten an incredible reaction from fans that have signed up and joined the site. They've ex decided at On3 to extend the promo so you still have an opportunity to jump on before the season. And, folks, it, it is the juice is worth the squeeze, as my co-host Nick Del Torre likes to say. Between what he and I bring from the team aspect, uh, all the access that we've been provided in fall camp and the intel and observations that's coming out of there, certainly all the updates on the team front with the news, and then Corey and, and Donovan Kaiser have just been absolutely killing it with their recruiting coverage. Corey keeping fans updated every step along the way. When a guy has a decision coming up, um, you know, you're going to know where the Gators stand. And, and Corey's always keeping fans updated on that. So um, this is definitely an offer that you want to take advantage of if you're not already a subscriber at Gators Online. So make sure that you do that. It's a flash sale. You can get the whole year for just $10. Or if you just want to try us out, you can do a month for only $1. But uh, I definitely feel once you guys get a get a taste, uh, definitely want to keep coming back for more. And um, we will be back next week to see what happened in the first scrimmage in the swamp for fall training camp what the results were for the decisions from Kelby Collins and Cameron James and uh, where things stand as we inch closer week by week to the 2022 season. Appreciate Shane Matthews for joining us this week to kind of preview the year ahead and congratulations to the HBC, to Freddie and everybody at the staff here at Spurs Gridiron Grill on their one year anniversary. Uh, looking forward to the celebration tonight and uh, getting my hands on some of Jerry's famous chocolate chip cookies. So uh, you guys might see me with a, a, a few pounds uh, added on next time you see me next week. So um, appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you stay tuned to all the coverage at Gators Online. And we'll be back next week with a new episode of the Gators Online podcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.